your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, and it's been a while. We've got a lot to catch up on. A lot has happened since our last episode, be it Jordan Bennington, be it Jacob De La Rose going down, be it Dakota Joshua coming up, uh, be it the Anaheim Ducks losing to the St. Louis Blues last night by a score of 5-4. to four. The Blues come away with a victory and, in my opinion, one of their more impressive wins of the season. But before we get into all of that, I do want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, let's start with the recap. There's, a, I feel like there's a lot to take away from uh, last night's game, one of which being Vili Huso still struggling on early shots in the game. I don't know if he just needs a little bit to get readjusted, get comfortable, whatever it may be. That first goal was kind of a softy. You don't love seeing that from your backup goalie, from any goalie, really. I feel like Vili Huso is young enough. He doesn't have that many games under his belt. He'll get the hang of it eventually. But I do feel like each game he looks better and better, and the saves that he makes are more impressive. I mean, that save he had on Zegras when he tried the Michigan, and he drops the stick and puts his blocker up high to save the goal. I mean, I don't know how he knew what he was going for there, and the fact that he was that close to pulling it off just tells me everything I need to know about Trevor Zegras. But man, what a save by Vili Huso. And I feel like we had a, a lot of those in this game. And that's not to say he was standing on his head or anything. I mean, the game ended up 5-4. to four, But I do think Vili Huso is one of those goalies that as the game progresses and the more shots he sees, he plays better. And I think that's kind of a trend that we've seen reoccurring game after game and start after start with Vili Huso. Another main takeaway, I think it's time to call a square a square. I mean, Zach Sanford is hot right now. I don't know if he's been looking at Blue's Twitter or what. I don't know what lit a fire under him, uh, but he's been playing fantastic hockey. Now, does that mean I think he's a top six forward uh, and he's a better forward than Mike Hoffman, like some people? I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But I do think in terms of possession, in terms of line chemistry, in terms of just the way that he's playing hockey right now and kind of he's really stepping into that role of being a net front presence. I mean, we saw it with the tip in last night. I think that is something that I've tweeted about actually in the past that this Blues team has been drastically missing. I mean, you, especially when a guy like Jaden Schwartz goes down, Braden Shen can't be that net front presence because he needs to be like an offensive talent throwing shots on that, right? And so you need a guy to set screens. You need a guy to be tipping the puck. And Zach Stanford, I feel like, fills that role perfectly, especially with that big body he has. Uh, I know he has the skill and the hands and the shot to be that offensive threat uh, but in the role that he is right now and the way that the team is just decapitated by an absurd amount of injuries, I think he could really find some viable ice time and really be a key asset, really a key asset to this team as a net front presence. And I feel like he realizes that now and that's why we've seen him be so productive. Another main takeaway, and I think this is the final big takeaway I have from this game and one of the main reasons I said that it felt like one of the most impressive wins for the Blues this season, uh, is the Blues had seven giveaways in last night's game. And I think just watching that game, you could tell. like The the exits out of the defensive zone were by far the most clean I've seen from this team in a long, long time. And that's, I don't know if they had a boost of confidence because they were playing against the Anaheim Ducks. I know the Anaheim Ducks are not 
the best team in the world, and I think they're missing one of their best defensemen. Uh, so that could have played into it. Maybe it was the last game and the firepower. We didn't even talk about that. The 7-6, just absolute shootout. Maybe it was Jordan Bennington <laughs> running up on kids, making Eric Carlson flinch and trying to fight Dubnik. I don't know what kind of spark this team had lit under them, but I love it. And I hope they keep the ball rolling into the next game against Anaheim, the second half of the series on Wednesday. Uh, I do think this team, like we talked about it time and time again, even with the injuries, uh, the most important thing and the most crucial thing about this team and why they are so successful is their depth. Now, when you've got $21 million sitting on injured reserve, plus some change, I think, in there, uh, it's, it's difficult for that depth to still be viable. But I do think the Blues can still contend with teams like we saw tonight. As long as they find that chemistry, Tarasenko's due back soon, hopefully sometime this month. Colton Pareko is still up in the air. Jaden Schwartz, I believe, is still up in the air. Ivan Barbashev was put on long-term injured reserve. Robert Thomas is due for a checkup in four weeks. So there's a lot of guys that are question marks right now, but the guys that aren't question marks are in the game producing, like Mackenzie McEachern, like a guy like Dakota Joshua coming up, scoring in his first game in the NHL. I mean, what a moment for that guy. Uh, Just absolutely amazing. And even if he didn't score, I feel like he still played a similar style of hockey to Mackenzie McEachern, to a guy like Jacob De La Rose, who essentially he comes in to replace, right? He's like that bottom six, grind it out, board battles, stick battles, uh, doing all the little things. I don't know about, I don't know a lot about Dakota Joshua. I, I like to pride myself on doing my research in the drafts and the prospects, all of those things. I There's not a lot of tape and there's not a lot of stats on Dakota Joshua, but I from what I saw last night, uh, he feels like a grinded out style of player. And if he keeps driving hard to the paint like that, I mean, the puck caromed off of his twig and berries right into the net. I mean, if that's not the best way to score the first goal in the NHL, I don't know what it is. So he came in, did fantastic work. And Nathan Walker's kind of the same way. I mean, he was playing top six minutes tonight on a line with David Perron and Braden Shen, who we'll talk about, but I thought the chemistry between those two was fantastic as well. And the chemistry between Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo. I mean, the connection on that goal that Jordan Cairo scored, I mean, that's highlight reel stuff. That's that's a piece of art right there. And a lot of times the Blues don't have sexy goals like that. A lot of times it's grinded out. More goals like uh, Dakota Joshua's the thump off the midsection, as they like to say. So, But all of these guys that have gotten an opportunity when called upon, um, they come right in, slot themselves right into the system. They know their role. They know what Chief Berube wants of them, and they execute. But back on the topic of the passing, like I said, all three zones, just fantastic. It felt like they were connecting passes all night long. More of the hockey team we saw in the Stanley Cup run than we saw during the bubble and during the first part of this season where it just felt like the players weren't clicking, the passes weren't connecting, and the power play. Holy shit, I don't know how much practice they had on the power play from last game to last night's game, but oh my god, just night and day. Felt like every pass was getting through. Nothing was predictable, which I felt like was a big problem that the Blues had because they would always play it back to the defenseman at the point. The penalty killers kind of picked up on that and would just trap them in the corner until they had nowhere to go with it and then turn over and the puck's going the other way and you get a shorthanded chance. Shorthanded chance still happened last night, but the offensive puck movement on the power play, the chances that they created, moving the puck down low, finding those seams, going cross crease, even if they weren't shooting off the cross crease, the defenseman on the penalty kill have to respect that pass and then that opens up lanes for other players. 
And another thing that I feel like opens it up for a lot of players is when is seeing your goalie getting scuffles with the other team. So that's going to be my tangent for today. So we're going to get into that and as well as preview Wednesday's game against the Anaheim Ducks, what the Blues can do to sweep the series right after a word from our sponsors. All right, so if you watched the game over the weekend, the 7-6 victory over the San Jose Sharks, there was a lot that went down in it, but one of the big things, if you have a phone, if you have Twitter, if you have a computer, if you have any way of seeing NHL news at all, we saw an agitated Jordan Bennington after the fourth goal, which, let's be honest, uh, was kind of a muffin. Went in, he skated by San Jose's bench as he was being pulled for Vili Huso. Someone yelled something at him from the bench. You can see it in the video. He's leaning over the side. So Jordan Bennington says, you know what? I'm take exception to that. Circles back around, uh, goes over to the guy on the bench. Someone else gets in his way, shoves him backwards, skates over to center ice where Eric Carlson is, gives him a little fake jab, two for flinching, skates over to Devin Dubnik on his way out down the tunnel, uh, shoves him, looks like he's actually going to go and get in a goalie fight with Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik says, I don't think so. I'm not going to do that, even though it's the holy grail for all goalies. Uh, Jordan Bennington's throwing him a bone here because Jordan Bennington has already been in a goalie fight in his AHL career. I believe it was against Phoenix Copley as well. But then he skates off and the Blues proceed to beat the San Jose Sharks 7-6. Now, Make of this what you will, there was a lot of tweets about it, and I saw a lot of comments saying how unprofessional, what a child, throwing a tantrum because he let in a goal, and taking it out on other people, just a terrible look from Jordan Bennington. Meanwhile, Evander Kane skates down the ice. I believe there was like six seconds left in the game, throws a shot on Vili Huso. Let, let it be known, Evander Kane had already scored twice in this game. Throws a shot on Vili Huso, doesn't score. Um, then gets into a scuffle afterwards, throws a couple punches on the guys, uh, and no one says anything about it. The reason I'm bringing up both of these plays is because it's the same scenario. Someone got emotional that they didn't do their job correctly. Evander Kane's job is to score. He already scored twice. I don't know why he's getting so bent. Jordan Bennington's job is to stop pucks. He didn't do that well. So they get emotional, get into a scuffle after the whistle. That's what hockey players do. It happens sometimes. It's part of the sport. Get over it. Doug Armstrong came out with comments, I believe, yesterday before the game uh, that basically said the whole thing was overblown. I love that from Jordan Bennington. Uh, he plays with a lot of emotion. You can tell he cares about winning, all of that stuff. So I don't believe that's going to affect contract negotiations at all, which I still believe are ongoing with Jordan Bennington. Probably expecting him to sign around six, six and a half million. But at the end of the day, Jordan Bennington's not going out there crying about his performance and throwing a tantrum because of that. If he did, we would have seen a lot more of that in the bubble because he was terrible. He's going out there to try and stir up his team and say, hey, get your shit together. You're still in this game. Let's turn it around and win. And that's exactly what they did. So if you think it's Bush League, if you think it's immature, if you think it's him throwing a tantrum, keep that same energy for every single player that gets into a scuffle after the whistle, for every single player that drops the gloves and gets in a fight based off of pure emotion, or not even emotion, just trying to get the boys fired up because it's the same thing that Jordan Bennington did. And the sole reason I made that tweet about Evander Kane was to draw attention to that hypocrisy. So that being said, I feel like if your goalie's getting into fights and trying to be that heart of the team and draw emotion throughout the team, I mean, we saw in the cup run with Zach Sanford and Robert Bertuzzo getting into it in practice. That could very well be 
exactly the boost that this team needs to kind of turn their season around and get back on track towards being a Stanley Cup contender. Because we heard about it in all the post-game interviews. They're frustrated. They know they're capable of playing better hockey. We know they're capable of playing better hockey. Uh, we know that they're injured. They know that they're injured. But there are so many talented players on this roster and players that are waiting for a chance. Like we've seen, Clem uh, Costin just won Rookie of the Month for the KHL. I believe they're going to the playoffs soon. So their season is technically, could potentially be over soon. So that would make him viable to play for the Blues after their season is over. So that's something to keep an eye on. Colton Ellis just signed a three-year ELC uh, with the St. Louis Blues. I think he's got 16 wins on the season. Couple of shutouts, not too shabby. He's just putting together a massive campaign. And with the potential you have in Huso, it's his first NHL season. The potential you have in Hofer, the stellar performance he put on at World Juniors. Add Colton Ellis to that conversation and the goalie room is looking pretty good. The problem with that is uh, there's a big gap in years between Jordan Bennington, Hofer, and Colton Ellis. I think Hofer and Colton Ellis are both at like 20, 21 or something like that. Obviously, Jordan Bennington's 25. I think Huso's like 24. So they need to mend that gap, bridge that gap a little bit. And I think that's why uh, the Blues are so keen on signing Jordan Bennington. I don't really think it matters uh, how Jordan Bennington plays this season. So if you think his contract is riding on this season's performance, I don't think that's the case. Solely because if you let if you let Jordan Bennington walk, right, in free agency, then what are you, what are your options here? You have to bring Vili Huso in as your starter, which he's seemed kind of shaky. You can't really rely on that. And if you're going to bring Vili Huso up against a guy who literally put a team on his back and carried them to the Stanley Cup, you've got Evan Fitzpatrick still available, but it looks like he's not rising in the prospect ranks anytime soon. Joel Hofer seems like that next guy up, but he's, like I said, too young. Colton Ellis seems like that next guy up, but he's too young as well. So I think those guys need time to develop. And locking up Jordan Bennington for however long, I'd assume it'd be a longer contract just because he took he just took a bridge contract. But 6.5, 6 to 6.5 sounds like that, that happy medium there. But like I said, there's no reason to believe that the Blues will let Jordan Bennington walk. Uh, honestly, I think they're going to get him locked up before the end of this season. Because if you think that Jordan Bennington has been anything but a plus for this team this season, all season long really, I get there's a couple soft goals here and there that happens. But there has been games that he has kept us in that we had no business being in. There has been games where the defense has just flat out decided to not show up and Jordan Bennington has stood on his head and kept this team in games. You can say all that you want about his stats, but anyone who's watching each individual game knows that he's basically being hung out to dry the majority of the time. But we've talked about it before, but I do think he draws a lot of emotion and I think a lot of energy from the crowds when he plays. Whether it be our home crowd or whether it be an away crowd just yelling at him, telling him he sucks, all that stuff. I think he loves that. He digs that, right? He loves being the heel. And that's less of a factor in the bubble and in this season because there's not as many fans. So take that into consideration. And I think he still is that goalie that everyone thought he would be when he came up and just set the world on fire. He's capable of bringing this team to another Stanley Cup. I, I fully believe in that. And he's going to get paid handsomely for it here pretty soon, in my opinion. But let me tell you, back on the topic of this Blues team and turning around, turning around that momentum and getting back to a contending hockey team, if there was ever a time to turn it around, it would have to be the month of March. So you got these two games against the Ducks and then this weekend a back-to-back against the Kings. Then you go one game against the Sharks and then back-to-back against Vegas. 
and then back to the Kings, back to the Sharks, one game against Vegas, one game against Minnesota, and then back to the Ducks. So essentially, you're looking at three games against Vegas total, one game against Minnesota in the month of March, and then all the rest is Ducks, Kings, and the Sharks. So essentially, you can gain a lot of ground in the division this month, as well as get a good sense of where you stack up within the division, because I feel like Vegas would be a good test to see where this team is kind of at, especially if they're firing on all cylinders by that point and they're and they go up against Vegas. Really, it kind of gives us an idea of what the ceiling of potential for this team is, especially if we start getting some guys back from injury like a <clears throat> Vladimir Tarasenko. So if I'm doing my math correctly, come April, you're going to have a lot of games against Vegas, a lot of games against Colorado. A lot of games against Minnesota, and it's not going to be as fun and not as much of a walk in the park. It would be nice for the Blues to pick up some points now. That way they can stockpile them and won't rely on winning those games against Colorado, against Vegas, against Minnesota, and those teams that are pretty hot right now. But that being said, there is nothing hotter right now than Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they just came out with brand new Built Bar Crisps. Now, if you don't know, Typically, any kind of protein bar that you have, and Built Bar included, normally would have a little gooey center. You just pop it in. Uh, it tastes like chocolate, caramel brownie, apple almond crisp, all that good stuff. All the fantastic flavors we tell you time and time again. But now they have a peanut butter flavor with a little wafer crisp inside, right? Absolute game changer. It'll change your life. Tastes just like a peanut butter cup. Or like, you know, those little Debbie Nutter Butters? Tastes exactly the same. It's fantastic. Still has the same great taste, but it's great for you as well because that is the Built Bar staple. Now, if you go on BuiltBar.com right now on your desktop, on your mobile phone, whatever it may be, and use the promo code LOCKEDON20, I had that 20 on there. They're switching it up on us now. It's called Locked On 20 is the promo code. You'll get 20% off your next order. So like I said, use that promo code Locked On 20. Alexander Steen, Locked On 20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar you'll ever have, I guarantee it. Now, if you've been noticing the trend for the St. Louis Blues this season is that there are absolutely road warriors. I believe with last night's win, they are now 8-2 on the season and road games. Uh, so chances are they're probably going to win the next one as well. So if you'd like to bet some money on that, the only place you can go is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Because football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup, obviously Jordan Bennington is expected to be back in the net. I might just go out on a limb here and pick him as my locked-on player of the game right off the jump. Might have to. Uh, I mean, just the way that he exited last game, you could tell uh, there was a fire inside of him. He wasn't happy with his performance. And I'm expecting a big bounce-back game from him. I think sitting on the bench and realize that 
He helped harness that fire and turn it into something positive for the team in a 7-6 victory, as well as probably going on social media afterwards and seeing his name blow up all over Twitter, probably reading some mean tweets about him, maybe reading some nice tweets about him. I know the Heat Daddy called him one of the best athletes of all time. I thought that tweet was hilarious, but... End of the day, there are guys in this league, uh, contrary to popular belief, there are some guys in the NHL who have that kind of persona, like a superstar persona, right? I feel like a guy like Austin Matthews kind of thrives when he's in the limelight. Connor McDavid, not so much. I feel like he's awkward. Elias Pettersson, same way. He's kind of a guy that enjoys that spotlight, embraces it. Now, he's probably not having the season he wants this year, but in years past, I mean, we're talking about icon status here. And to me, I think Jordan Bennington has that same persona, except he doesn't care how he gets in the limelight. If it's for something negative, if it's for something positive, people hate him, people love him. Uh, it doesn't matter to him as long as people are talking about him. I think that he loves that. And I think seeing his name trending on Twitter uh, will probably give him a little, might pump his tires a little bit and we might see a shutout next game. Who knows? But other than that, I mean, for the Blues, just play the same way that you did last game. I mean, uh, three zones, passing, connecting passes left and right. If you can do that, I feel like this Blues team can hang with anybody, especially the Anaheim Ducks. I'm going to look for Dakota Joshua to stay more comfortable. I'm going to look for Ryan. We're going to talk about Ryan O'Reilly. We talked about it on this podcast. He started off a little bit slow, and I think everybody knows he didn't have the season that he wanted to last year that he's accustomed to in the NHL in terms of offensive production. And he even said it himself after a couple of games, like, yeah, I got to be stronger on the puck. I got to be better. I got to be creating more chances in the offensive zone. Uh, he's looking at two goals and four assists in his last five games. So he's playing great hockey right now. David Perron just scored another goal, a beauty goal, uh, just sniped it against the grain on John Gibson after a beautiful pass from Braden Shen. But I'm going to keep an eye on him and Braden Shannon, that connection, that chemistry that they're forming there, as well as the connection between Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo, who seem like they're starting to figure out where each other are going to be on the ice. And if that happens, that could be an absolutely lethal tandem. Look for Zach Sanford to remain hot, be that net front presence. Look for Scandizi to keep playing fantastic hockey. And look for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can look for me on Twitter at 12 15 but I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.